Are you scared? Follow me into the darkness as I review horror films of the past and present. Then open your minds as I share with you real paranormal experiences that myself and others have encountered. I'm Mr. Steve, and welcome to my horror section. Family. It's a word that means something a little different to us all. I was very fortunate to have grown up in an amazing and loving family. My brother and I always had the full support of our parents, and not a day went by that they did not tell us that they loved us. Growing up, I thought this was what everyone had. And when I realized that that wasn't always the case, it really opened my eyes to just how truly lucky my brother and I were and are. I don't know if I would have had the ability, the strength to come to terms with and embrace myself as a gay man if I did not have the love and support of my family and amazing friends that I very much consider my family as well. You are probably wondering why the fuck I am talking about family and how the fuck this has anything to do with horror films or paranormal experiences. So funny thing, Andy Muschietti's mama was centered completely around family. Sure, it was told in a horrifying manner, but the message of family was ever-present. After we examine this film, or I should say this wonderful piece of horror film artistry, I'm very excited to have my brother on the show with me today to share a couple of paranormal encounters that he has experienced over the years. Well, off we go. Mama is a 2013 supernatural horror film directed by Andy Muschietti with the amazing Guillermo del Toro as executive producer. Mama actually is the film that put Andy Muschietti on the map. I hope I'm not butchering his name. Sorry if I am. (laughs) He went on to direct two other amazing horror films, It and It Chapter 2. And... He is directing the new remake of The Howling, coming to Netflix. If I wasn't already excited enough about The Howling remake, I'm ready to pop now. But anyways, back to Mama. This film tells such an amazing story of a family completely destroyed. Two little girls saved by the spirit of a woman in a cabin in the woods. And a new family that developed out of the tragedy of it all. Let's start from the beginning. Jeffrey DeSange had just lost his whole piggy bank in the 2008 stock market crash. This is why you don't put all your eggs in one basket, sir. He snapped, killed his co-workers, drove home, killed his wife, and ran off with his two young daughters, Victoria and Lily. Keeping with his string of bad decisions, he drives very fast and very recklessly on a windy and snowy road. The car has now become a sled, and down the hill they went. Fortunately, everyone survived. Bruised but breathing, they made their way to an abandoned cabin in the woods. At the end of his rope, the young father decides he is going to end it all with a murder-suicide. While Victoria's back is turned, he points a gun at her head. 
A shadow attacks Jeffrey from behind, brutally killing him and saving Victoria. The two innocent children are left alone in this derelict cabin in the woods. While the girls are sitting by the light of a fireplace, a cherry rolls out of the dark. The camera takes us into the shadows, where we can make out the long, flowing hair of a hidden figure. Fast forward five years. Jeffrey's twin brother, Lucas, has been searching for years trying to find him and the girls. His rocker chick girlfriend, Annabelle, played by the amazing Jessica Chastain, is heaving a sigh of relief as she reads a negative pregnancy test. Lucas gets a call from two men he has employed to search the woods for, the, for his brother and nieces. The girls have been found, but they are wild. After living in the forest for five years, they have become quite feral. Their movements and behaviors had become more animalistic than human. The girls have been taken in for evaluation by psychiatrist Dr. Dreyfus. He reveals to Jeffrey and Annabelle that the girls appear to be talking to an imaginary mother figure they call Mama. Believing her to be nothing more than an imaginary friend, they don't give it much thought. The unexpected, unexpectant um, new parents take their adopted nieces home, but they did not come out of the woods alone. Now we watch as the dynamics shift in this household. Annabelle, who has had no interest in having children, now has two. But you know what? She sucks it up, quits her rock band, and we watch her go from being a super annoyed with these children to developing a motherly love for them. It's really quite beautiful to watch. Mama attacks Lucas shortly on in the film, putting him in the hospital, because he showed such love for the girls from the start. Mama has quite the jealous streak. She sees Lily and Victoria as her children, and woe to those who try to come between them. Mama didn't see Annabelle as a threat when they first got there because she really didn't like them. But as the girls became closer with Annabelle... Mama got more and more agitated. Mama at one point jumps into Annabelle and her story is revealed to her and us. Her name was Edith Brennan. She was a mentally ill woman who was institutionalized back in the late 1800s. While in an asylum, she had a baby that was taken from her. Edith escaped, killed a nun that was holding her child, and ran off into the woods. She was pursued to a cliff where she jumped with her baby to their deaths. On the way down, they had a nasty impact onto a branch sticking out of the cliffside. Her baby got stuck on the branch while she plummeted into the water below. The baby's remains were recovered and placed into an evidence library and forgotten about. Edith's spirit wandered the forest searching for her baby for years. She eventually finds her way to the cabin in the woods where she would eventually encounter Lily and Victoria. After Mama horrifically possesses the annoying Aunt Jean, she takes the girls back to the cabin in the woods. Annabelle and Lucas catch up with them just as Mama is preparing to take the girls over the cliff with her to join her in spirit form. Victoria is ready to stay with the land of the living and wants to stay with Lucas and Annabelle but Lily would rather stay with Mama. After a tear-filled goodbye, Mama and Lily plummet from the cliff 
headed for the same wicked branch that took the life of Mama's baby. When they hit it, Mama and Lily explode into a cloud of moths. One of them lands on Victoria's hand, representing Lily's soul, letting them know that she is safe with Mama. Mama was an unsettlingly (laughs) scary film, but also had such a heartfelt tale about family. A ghost alone is spooky enough, but a mentally unstable one to me is ten times scarier. There was one funny point I made note of in this film, and that was the father's license plate. The camera shows his car parked outside his home in the beginning with the radio playing and news report telling us of the murders he had just committed. His license plate reads, Number One Dad. That was the only time I chuckled in this movie. The rest of it was pretty serious. Um, The other thing, the sounds that Mama made were so creepy. It was kind of like Helen Keller meets the creepy crawling girl from The Grudge. (laughs) She'd make those sounds like... Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty bad impression, sorry. And sometimes she yelled out just kind of vowel sounds out of nowhere that sent chills down your spine. I think the scariest scene in this movie had to be, for me anyway, was when the psychiatrist, Dr. Dreyfus, is in the cabin in the woods. You can hear Mama making her scary moans and vowel sounds, but the only light source he has is the flash from his old camera. So as he is snapping pictures, each flash shows Mama coming out of the darkness headed towards him. Then it goes dark and you can hear Mama just tear him apart. The other scene that got me pretty good was when Annabelle was lying in bed and Mama was creeping up behind her and gets right in her face making that damn clicking sound. (laughs) Oh, it just creeps me out. Um, I loved Victoria's summary of Mama's story. She, uh, she really summed it up in a nutshell when she was talking to the psychiatrist. Um, she just, he asked her, who is Mama? And she just says, she ran away from a place for sad people that she took her baby and jumped into the water. I was like, okay, well, yeah, that pretty much says it. Of course, there are some missing details, but a good summary nevertheless. Mama's story, or Edith's, is just so sad to me. You have a mentally disabled woman in an asylum, scared and feeling abandoned. We don't know anything about her life before. Did her family drop her off? And who got her pregnant? There are uh, some questions here. I feel like I'm kind of sitting in the back of a class with my hand in the air. Then she has this baby, the only light in her life, and it is taken from her. She does what any mother would do. She's going to fight for her child. She stabs the nun holding her baby with a knitting needle, takes her baby, and runs. She knew if they caught her that she would never see uh, he or she again. We never do actually find out if it's a boy or girl. Which brings me to another little hole in the story. The cabin in the woods. In the movie, they... They show writings from a diary suggesting that there was a family living in that cabin when the ghost mama wandered her way there, but they never went into detail about them or what happened to them. I smell a prequel opportunity, poke, poke, nudge, nudge, wig, wig. If I had 
one critique for this movie, it would be the use of CGI. I feel that Mama would have been scarier if they used a real actress more than CGI. Not that she wasn't scary. They kept her in the dark a lot, which masked, masked it pretty good. But you still knew it was CGI, and that takes some of the fear away. At least for me it does. The close-up scenes of her arms and hands reaching out to the children were very creepy. Uh, they used a real actor for that. Um, interesting fact, Mama the Ghost is mainly portrayed by a man. Um, Javier Botet is a Spanish actor known for playing creature roles such as the Crooked Man in The Conjuring 2, the Hobo Leper in It and It Chapter 2, uh, Key Face in Insidious The Last Key, and Slender Man in Slender Man. <laughs> While this movie is quite scary... Watching this family develop out of tragedy really outshined the terror for me. It could be because it hit a little close to home for me. Um, we lost my father last year to lung and brain cancer. So now whenever I watch anything to do with family, my emotions sit right there on my sleeve. <laughs> Mama was a box office success, bringing in over $146 million. This, fi this film received mixed reviews. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 63%. IMDb gave it a 6.2 out of 10. And Metacritic gave it a 57%. I give Mama a 7 out of 10. I like this movie a whole bunches. <laughs> it's a good story with a strong family message. Good scares. And I was very impressed with the young actresses Morgan McGarry and Isabel Nalise, who played Victoria and Lily. Mama will give you the chills and warm your heart at the same time. Part 2. Paranormal Encounters. Alright everyone, this is part 2 of episode 8. Um, I'd like everyone to meet my brother, Adam Boyer. Hello. <laughs> so Adam today is going to share with us uh, some spooky experiences that he has had um, over at a close friend of ours, uh, Luke's, a childhood friend of his, grew up with him. So Adam, I'll let you take it away. Okay. Um, yeah, all, any unexplainable experience I've ever had has always been at this house, which is funny because it's never happened to me anywhere else ever. <laughs> but I have four separate stories, so I'll kind of split them up a little. The first thing that ever happened to me at Luke's parents' house was we were, you know, young teenagers, almost preteens, spending the night, you know, at each other's house, and I was in his bedroom, and we were up talking until, like, you know, two in the morning like you do when you're a young kid like that. And Rick was in the office, which was on the left side of the house from where we are in the bedroom, and then Melissa was sleeping in the bedroom. And so these footsteps could have likely been Melissa, but the way they presented themselves, they did not seem like Melissa. They started from the bedroom. Well, the hallway is a long, skinny hallway in their house. It expands most of the house. And Luke's bedroom is one of the first rooms. And Rick and Melissa's bedroom is the last room, like if you're all the way to the right. And we heard a footstep start slowly and then escalate in pace. It was like, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my God. And then it stopped at the end of the hallway. Okay. 
And me and Luke were both like, what the hell was that? Well, then what's the likelihood of his sister doing or, something or, like Yeah, that, you know? for real. And what makes it even scarier is we talked to his dad the next day, and his t- immediate reaction was, oh, yeah, I hear that all the time. Really? Yeah. All, it's regular for them. They're used to it. Oh, interesting. Like, Whoa. <laughs> so that was the first thing. I was a real young kid, and then two more things happened when in our band days. You know, we were t- late 18, 19, jamming, and I made it to band practice early one time, and we had a way to get into the house to get our stuff if we ever needed to. So I went into the house, and I was down in the basement playing on a computer, and dis- it kind of got creepy vibes before anything happened. I remember being down there and I was fine for a while and then out of nowhere I was just like creeped out. Did not like the vibes I was getting. And then distinctly behind me, sounded like a couple feet behind me, I heard the straight word, hey. And it was just, hey. And I jetted out of that basement. (laughs) And I waited for the rest of the band to get there and then we practiced like normal. that That was that. The next one was an experience we all had. It was after a show, so it was 12, 1 in the morning. We're unloading the gear back into the basement. And from the opposite corner of a basement, on a cement slab floor, we hear just a big crash. And it was like, what? So we ran up, you know. All know Luke's house is scary at this point. (laughs) And so we run up to the stairs, and we get Luke, and we go back down in a... I mean, no exaggeration, a 32-inch or bigger tube TV literally tipped off of a bookshelf and was leaning against the bookshelf next to it, screen forward. Ah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Mm. That was one of the ones that... super unexplainable. Sure. And it was loud. I mean, I that TV didn't just kind of slightly donk a shelf. It right. crashed into a shelf. Did it break? No, it didn't break. Really? No, it was just tipped over all its and weight. those are it. heavy. Yeah. I mean, TVs like that, yeah. they don't lean, you know, unless there was a problem with the shelving that it was on. You yeah. know what I mean? And it didn't appear. We tipped it back and put it back where it was. Okay. So that one was scary. That is scary. That's showing some force. Yeah. You know, there was some true force behind that. Yeah, knock on wood, nothing there was ever, like, mean to us at all so (laughs) i mean nothing was ever scary in that way Mm -hmm. but this probably the scariest thing that ever happened to me was around that same time i might have been a little younger 16 17 i remember i was on the phone with my girlfriend out on the porch and i came back in and it was three of us spending the night there was luke jason and me it was the band at the time and luke had a bunk bed set up so they were in the bunk bed in the bedroom and i said i'm gonna grab a pillow in a blanket and I'm gonna go sleep on your couch in the living room, which I had to come out and walk down that hallway towards Rick and Melissa's room and then you turn left into their living room. But then you're still kind of in a little passage. There's the wall to your left and then the back of the couch is right there. So once you turn into the living room, you have to cross around the whole couch to actually get to where you could sit on the okay. couches. Yeah. So I had a back of the couch to my right wall and little nightstand thing to my left and I'm holding my blankets in my hand and as I turn in there in like the moonlight because it was dark I sort of saw a person and then as I took my steps into the living room I felt the presence of a person like past 
like brush against my blankets, brush against like the, the pressure against me, the floor, you know, you could old house. Like I felt someone walk oh past God. me going the other way. Yeah, you know when you walk by someone. Yeah. You can feel that. And oh I remember just freezing and then looking and there was no one there. Oh my God. And I just remember running back to <laughs> Luke's room and just being like, dude, I am sleeping in here. I told both of them guys what happened. They got all creeped out. Oh no. And I just set my pillows and blankets up on the floor and I, and I slept down there that night. I don't blame you. Yeah, and further that night, I might've just scared Jason into thinking this and he had a nightmare or something, but I remember when me and him, we were laying there and we kind of talked for a minute, but then we kind of passed out for a little while and it was probably three, four in the morning. And he just asked me, he was like, hey Adam, are you awake? You awake? And I said, "Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just laying down here. I'm not. I'm having a hard time sleeping, man." And he said, "Were you just like getting up and going to the bathroom or anything? Or you get up for any reason?" I said, "No." And he was positive. At one point, he woke up and he saw like some one of us, like a person, standing in the room. Really? Yeah. And then when I said, dude, I, I have not moved from this floor since I've laid down here. Oh, Me and him crazy. full blown got up and we went to Tim Hortons on <laughs> Wilder here because it was 24 hours. Yeah. So we went there and got stuff and chilled like away from the house yeah. for a minute. <laughs> and then we went back and hung out with Luke. At the time, I think Jay might have been the only one who had his license at the time. I mean, oh. we were, yeah, I know, yeah. it, was, it was like 15, 16. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I scared him into seeing that. But I know my, what I saw, I was like, I'll go stand by, I'll never forget that. Judging from the past experiences that people have had, I'd say it's a pretty good chance that what Jason saw was real too. Oh, you probably. Know I, mean? I mean, it wouldn't be the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Like Luke's sister, she's had stories I've heard. I've talked to uh, his mom mm -hmm. and it was about it. And she said to the footsteps thing, she goes, there's times I'm doing laundry in the basement and I'll be just whistling down here to myself doing my chores. And she goes, all of a sudden I'll hear, you know, someone walking across the upper floor of the house. Wow. And there's just nobody there. Are they the first owners? Do we know? No, that I was actually going to say that she thinks it is the, the original owners of the house. Okay. The they live on Kaysmeyer road and their house was owned by the K's Myers. Yeah, they were one of the old, that's one of the oldest houses in that area. Wow. They have a pretty old, it's an old house once you're inside of it. Oh, interesting. Okay, because it doesn't look that old from the outside. Mm -hmm. Like it has but it's that. An old, old brick, yeah. brick and wood house has a fireplace in the living room. Oh. That barn, their, their garage now is a horse stable. If you go in the back, there actually is stables. Oh, wow. Still okay. back there. So it must have been an old horse boarding place type type of deal. Oh, interesting. They Have they ever had, like, a psychic come in or anything like that? Like a... I don't like think to try so. to get, like, a confirmation of who it is or anything? I don't think so. No? No. Okay. I think it, for them living there, they, they believe they just, and they've accepted it, too. Yeah, and obviously it hasn't hurt anyone, which no. is... Good. I mean, if the TV falling over was a, like, you know, if it was a display of power or like a, like a, um, a warning or anything, I, I don't know. Cause nothing else happened. Yeah. Nothing ever physical happened to anybody. No one ever nope. got scratched or anything. No, I think crazy like me that. and Luke, I think have had the most direct 
encounters That's of anything sweet. there. Luke's had his name whispered. Ah. Full blown. Really? Again, down in the basement, right next to that computer. He was on the couch watching the TV. I've heard this story a few times. And it was him and our buddy Kevin at the time and maybe someone else. They were watching Family Guy, just laughing, being kids. Mm-hmm. And they, everyone on the couch heard it. Really? So the same thing. It was kind of behind him. And it was just straight up, Luke. Oh, my God. And yeah. that's, see, that's that's cool, though. When yeah, if something like cool. that happens and everyone, everyone experiences it. it, yeah, like then you know you're not going crazy. Or right, and like it that. made me think, too. I was like, wow, that's like the same thing that happened to me in the same part of the house. I'm like, right. wow, that's crazy. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah, I'm excited. I was excited to tell you about these. Yeah, I've been, I know we've been trying to do this. It's just been, it's a busy time of the year with holidays and everything like that. So I'm glad you're... We're able to finally get together to do this. Um, you know, I wanted to talk to about our house a little bit because one thing I've I've touched on a little bit in my past episodes about us is that you never slept in your room. No, like my room until you were. Even, God, I was like 15, 16 when I started sleeping up there regularly. But yeah. even then, my room still kind of gave me creepy vibes. I felt better when I moved into your old room. And so, your old room, I'm, I've never had a problem sleeping in that room. That is something right there. Yeah, that my room, there was always an air of protection yeah, in that felt, room. I never fine in that room. Yeah, like nothing ever. I mean, I had the couple things happen to me in the room with like the sheets lifting up on me. And then I saw that creepy thing coming out of the woods. Um, mm-hmm. But that room, I, I, I always felt like that was a safe place. But yeah, your room, because I remember always even playing video games where my chair was situated. Yeah. You could look straight through into your room and I always felt eyes on me. I'd be yeah. playing Nintendo totally like immersed in a game and I'd be doing like cutting my eyes to my left constantly because I could feel someone watching me. I'm telling you. And But yeah, you, even from a young kid, when we moved in there, you were only seven years old. Yeah. You were like, screw it, I'm... Yeah, I tried sleep. sleeping up there too. Like <laughs> yeah. when me and you got rid of the bunk beds and I yes. had my room, I tried sleeping in You did. Room. I made you an know? effort and like, I just found like, there was I just would never sleep very room. good. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd be waking up in the middle of the night getting creeped out. Yep. And, like it was dark in there. And I always remember being like, man, I just, I sleep way better if I'm down on the couch or on the floor in the living room. That's like it so just, I don't get the creepy vibes down here. It's so weird. It's very strange with us because we were the first owners of the house. You know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no um, residual energy to be Mm-mm. known of. The only, That's why I've always said if there's something with our old house, it was the land. Um, yeah. Something with the woods. Because my our father had told us when we were young that that was like the hangout, like, kids went out there to party yeah. and, and stuff like that and there's that section out there that always gave me the creeps and there was always something weird about it was the four trees that make a square with the hole in the middle yeah i'm like that area to me i felt like it makes you know, wonder where did people part where people partying out there and having fires in that hole at some point like that's what, what makes I'm you wonder because it's like that wasn't just made no people made that people made it but it's yeah. like were they doing stuff they shouldn't have been like practicing witchcraft or doing anything i don't know to bring stuff out of it because the shit that's happened in our house it to me it's always been so random Mm -hmm. it was never like a set thing all the time other than the footsteps on the stairs that i've heard crystal heard i feel like i've heard them you've heard i remember sleeping in the living room one time and the garage door opened and closed and i asked i was like 
Hey, Dad, Dad. Like, hey. Was that mm-hmm. and no one answered me. I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck was that? <laughs> and I do remember once, um, this I haven't shared on this show before yet, but um, I do remember once being downstairs. I don't know why I was sleeping downstairs, but I went downstairs, and it was all quiet, and the, the uh, basement steps were wooden. Mm-hmm. And I heard steps coming up those stairs, and that was Ugh. a very, like, okay, like, I can hear this plain as day. Oh like, God. and that was weird to me, but you know, and then you, you have your head kind of cocked over cause you can, you know, you, from the living room you see into the kitchen and that's where the door to the basement was. And you're just waiting for something to come through or cause I'm like, was dad down there? You know? Yeah. Man. Same things. You start to think and then it's like, no, no one's down there. That's really weird. Ugh. But yeah, we just always had random stuff. Um, that happened in that house for no rhyme or reason. That's why I've always said it's. It was like we had visitors. It's like yeah. ghosts or some presences were just kind of passing through. I would agree. It was that. weird. It was just really weird. I feel like my friends have even agreed that my old bedroom just, just off putting. Yeah, it was. There was always something off putting in there. And then mm. probably the big thing. Um, I know this was probably a repeat, but when Eric and I moved back. Um, and we were living in your old room because yeah. you and uh, your ex girlfriend were in. I was uh, in your in old my room. old room. Yeah. And I had gone upstairs, and this was like unmistakably, like just crazy. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts about what happened. You know, I went to go get into the bed, and kind of like what you heard at Luke's, like it's like someone took off in a sprint. And there was like the three big steps and these were loud. And I thought it was Eric falling. I thought someone, I thought he'd come up the stairs and then the door got hit, but there was, I didn't see anything, but the door just flung open. Like, but then it like stopped halfway. It was weird. It didn't like fling all the way open. And I went, are you okay? I, my first reaction was Eric tripped and fell. Are you good? You know? And I went coming around the other side and no one's there. Oh, jeez. I was like, that felt real weird to me like i'm just and i there was no explanation and i could still hear them downstairs because him this was back when mom and dad smoked and all Mm. of them would go out in the garage i could hear their voices out there and you were gone i don't know where you were that night but i was like that was weird like what was that (laughs) that creeped me out um that's aaron's that's aaron's office now Oh, I know. And that's my old man, my old Well, bedroom. I'm waiting for them to say if they experience anything. Because before don't. we left, I did sage the house and I did say a prayer to like, if there is something that's stuck there, you are welcome to leave. You don't, you know, there's no need for you to be there. I did that a long time ago. Um, I think when Eric and I got ready to move to where we live now, that was when I did that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's really been much of anything since. Mm-hmm. And so so it'll be interesting to see if they ever have the footsteps or if they, you know, hear anything. They haven't said anything yet. No. Um, So, yeah. And they have cats there. And cats are usually pretty good about alerting um, when they're spiritual presences. That's true. So maybe, hopefully, whatever was there has moved on and has found peace if if it was something that didn't want to belong there or what have you. They didn't come with me, either me or you, so that's no, good. No, I've never felt a darn thing at my new house or anything. I never have I felt a presence there. 
That's been really good. Same. And sorry about the noises you hear. It's my brother's dog yeah. running up and down. Yeah. So sorry if there's some background. It's not ghosts. Um, be cool if it was, but it's not. <laughs> same with same with my house though. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything good spooky and knock on some major wood. <laughs> I I don't know how if I could just accept it the way some people do and just deal with things like that. I, on a regular basis, that would not be okay in my eyes. Well, I think it'd be really hard to being the only one living there right now. Yeah, alone. You know, by yourself yeah. would be really creepy to deal with. That, that yeah, because who do you go say, hey, this just happened. Right. You're stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No, that's a big blessing that you don't have anything. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, thank you very much for sharing the tales of Luke's uh, House of Horrors. I yeah. think we should try to set up an investigation one night and set up some like static cameras or something to wow. like see if we can catch something. I definitely I think that would I think he would totally do it. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. I think his parents would be cool with doing it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so that's maybe something we should do. Um I did want to just uh talk a little bit with you, get your opinion on the movie Mama, which was our movie of, of this episode. Um I've already shared my my two cents on it and everything. What were some of your thoughts of that film? Um, it's definitely a super good movie. Um, not blow your socks off scary. I agree. But it had some really good points. I remember when they're in the the, the, the family's house, when they're actually back at like the brother's pad and mom is like on the floor and her hair's wiggling around. Oh, yeah. That, that part is spooky. <laughs> yeah. But no, the storyline's awesome. I feel like me and you just talked about this, but the it's actually like a really touching story, sad it story. It is. It's very sad, but it's also very heartwarming um, to watch the family develop like out of this chaos. This wonderful family, like, just becomes really strong and everything. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. Would they ever... I mean, all the really... You could never make really a sequel to that movie. Unless you made, so, like, a prequel. You yeah. could almost do that pretty well. It's really funny you said that. Because that's what I had just said in, in earlier in this episode. Is that um, they could really do a prequel oh, funny. to this. <laughs> because there is a section... Maybe you can shed some light on it. Um, I watched and it shows... Um, it shows where... Oh, gosh. Like, there's writings. Oh, it's when she steals, uh, Jessica Chastain, she steals the research from the uh, psychiatrist's office, and she's going through it, and she's, she you see in this diary, like, it talks about a family that lived in that cabin in the woods oh. that Mama had went in there and basically stayed. decimated that family somehow. Or, <sighs> but they... They never really touched on it, unless I'm mistaken. That's what I got out of the reading, and the movie never really touched on it. So, like, it'd be really cool if they were to do, like, okay, who was living in this cabin? Yeah, their story. Mama came to that cabin. I thought that would be really interesting. And then also to touch a little bit more on Mama's history, like, we see her in, you know, where she steals her baby back. You know, we know that she was in an asylum, we know that she had a baby. We don't know how she got there. Did her family take her there? Who got her pregnant? Yeah. There's questions like that where it's like, okay, you've got a lot of info that you can make a prequel with. True and there that. was talk of a sequel, um, but this was way back. Mm-hmm. And they were 
they were gonna do a sequel and then it got shelved. And Damn. just and I'm like, I wouldn't I don't think it's sequel they should do because to me the story really rounded out. Yeah, they yeah, the it really kind of ended the story. I mean. It did. So it's like, but it'd be good to do a prequel. <laughs> no, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially with stuff with her and when she was, you know, where they keep like handicapped people and disabled people. Yeah. That's probably a pretty morbid. They could make a pretty morbid story out of that, probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, anything else you want to add before we wrap up this session or anything? I got nothing off the top of the dome. I can't can't think of anything. (laughs) Well, I thank you, brother, for joining me on this episode. We'll have you on some other time, too, I think. We'll do some some catch-up stuff. And maybe season two, I want to do some actual paranormal investigating that maybe me and you can team up with and do some stuff. I'd be way down for that. You're very welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for segment two. And uh, and now my closing statements. Thank you very much for staying with me through this journey of great horror films and paranormal encounters. Next on my roster is a hidden film that very few people seem to remember. 1988's The Unnameable. This movie was lost to history for a bit. You couldn't find it anywhere. It is now available on Blu-ray and DVD thanks to Unearthed Films, whom I could kiss their feet for doing that, bringing this movie out of the darkness. It is also available right now on Tubi and Amazon Prime Video. Check it out before tuning into my next episode. Steve's Horror Section is an independently produced podcast. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, please visit my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Steve's Horror Section. The music and sound effects on my show are provided by EpidemicSound.com. See you next time.